2: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Mike and Viana got playing some games. You I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. A-P-B-M-B Mike and Leanna Gotta play in some games You gotta pray to your mama That they're not super late And if that all sounds cool I can tell you the name It's the R-H-A You can say for
4: free Hi, everybody, and welcome to the RHAP b b for episode three of Survivor Edge of Extinction. My name is Mike Bloom, here to release a podcast onto you. We are consuming it all, meat and the bones, to talk about this latest episode of Survivor. Got a really fantastic panel to break it all down. First, let me bring in my co-host who's here every week, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you?
5: I'm great. Uh, thank you for having me, filling in for Mike Borossi this week. Um, so really just glad to be here.
4: Yeah, he went on that road trip with Goose, and he never came back. So, Liana, you've been a great substitute host in the meantime. You might be a keeper. We'll see. Uh, yes, for those of you that do not realize, Stephen Fishback, when prompted about what the B&B stood for, said it stood for Bloom and Barassi. So thank you to our number one fan, Stephen Fishback, <laughs> always the best contributor to the B&B. But we are so excited to bring in this second individual on to the podcast. I'm going to call her the First Lady of Podcasting. That is a title that she has held. For many a year, understandably so, deservedly so, and we are here to usher in royalty into the BNB. and b Nicole Sesternino, welcome. How you doing? Wow. What a, what a welcome. That was amazing. Thank you so much. A lot of guests are surprisingly complimentary of the introductions I gave. <laughs> oh, so
1: it's not just me. I'm taking it back then. <laughs> That's
4: messed all up. Right.
5: Yeah, you're not special. Oh <laughs> He wah, says wah. it to all the ladies. <laughs>
4: Listen, I got maybe the highest compliment that's ever been paid to me this week where the great Jason Curtis Rivera said, is it just me or is Chris Underwood a much better looking Mike Bloom, essentially? Oh that's that's nice <laughs> no it's it's a high compliment to be completely serious, like I'm totally fine to be in the conversation, even if the words between are like disparaging.
5: <laughs> I love it when it's like, oh, I think you're shading someone, you're like, no, 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 this is a compliment. I I'll will take, take this it. yeah, I'll take exactly. it listen
4: yeah i'm I'm fine i've got I got the Adam Klein comparisons, like I'm good to like get the Chris Underwood comparisons as well. Uh, I mean, we have a lot to talk about over the course of this episode, including the blind side and. Just various, I don't know, hot mess issues that led to Chris ultimately heading over to Extinction Snake and all. Nicole, we heard your thoughts preseason. And I think we'll certainly get into them a bit when we're cross comparing your thoughts on the contestants now. But what are you thinking about Edge of Extinction? Three episodes in. Are, are you high on the concept? Or are you just sort of in the middle with it?
1: Um, I, you know, It's still the beginning, so it's it's hard to really tell. But I think I like it. I think it's going to be a good, good contribution to the show. I like the twist. I like the new stuff. Um, I know a lot of people don't, but I I find it to be uh, to be good.
5: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i also very here for the Edge of Extinction us. I mean, maybe it's because we haven't really seen much of it and it hasn't really influenced the game, but it's kind of this, oh, the mystery of it all. You know, what happens when they get to go and you get to sort of have this extra drama that comes mm-hmm. from the fact that they're not out of the game. Um, and especially when you have, you know, fun lines of either Keith just being so distraught over what he chooses um, or Chris being like, yeah, screw those guys, I'm coming back in the game. Um, that adds like a fun layer to it.
4: I mean, I would wager to say, I think right now the stuff that's going on on Extinction Island is actually more interesting than some of what's going on in the regular game, because it's so unique. We haven't really experienced as a Survivor fan in quite some time, this idea of like these people just stranded on an island with no instance as to when they're going to get quote unquote rescued. You know, we dedicate a lot of time to Keith and Reem's excellent adventure up the mountain to get the little bucket of rice that they have to do every single day. And that was, I mean, I think they really lucked out in the group of people that they picked to go first, because I think the pairing of Keith and Reem is a lot of fun, especially Reem's decision to say, you know what? I was going to quit, but I'm not going to anymore because Keith will basically die. If I don't leave now, when you add Chris onto that, it should be an in- interesting mixture, but I'll, I'll make a hot take here. I think that the extinction Island stuff is more interesting than what's going on on the Kama tribe, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think now that Chris is there, that really steps up the game of uh, the edge of extinction, of Extinction Island. Um, and I really think that they um, put in that stairway to heaven to Rice because they really thought that Reem and um, Keith were going to die.
5: <laughs> yes, I love that. That's probably where it came from. Like, man, we got to do something. <laughs> <These guys, laughs> they are going to die. Do
4: you yeah. think that's why there was such little Rice? Because they're like, crap, we don't have a lot left over. Let's get craft services to like, <laughs> get all the leftovers together. We weren't prepared and just, for uh, this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a very impromptu thing, so we'll see. Maybe they'll like—I don't know. Everyone will like pull some money together and throw it in a bucket to put next up on top of the mountain. We'll see what what decision they have to make on the fly as more and more people show up to Edge of Extinction. Though to your point, Nicole, it seemed like at least preseason, Chris was all about like I'm a water man. I'm an Aussie 2.0. So maybe they've found their savior accidentally in this guy that might be able to feed them for a while.
5: Yeah, but they I don't. Th- I think he's have- like he's coming to save the day almost. But they don't have a fishing kit or anything, right? Yeah, because what well, I don't know what they have. I know they have the random giant uh like tarp thing that uh Reem was wrapped in and then uh machine <laughs> you know how to use
1: the tarp? Like it's not to it's things, not to wear.
5: Right, right. Like uh okay, honey, no. Like hang <laughs> it up. It protects you that way. Oh great, um, a big
4: old coat. I need this.
5: <laughs> but that's uh I actually love though the the threesome of these like Reem, keith and chris like what <laughs> why would you pick these three people to all be together it's very threes company um and we'll definitely see how it goes um but i like this also this idea of oh, okay who's gonna be really entertaining on the edge of extinction let's vote them out first and then yeah. it'll be more exciting over there
4: it's a little masochistic to be like who do we want to torture the most but you know these are <laughs> especially Conceiving. in lieu of this yeah, it's good TV. You know, It's tough, especially in lieu of that Spencer conversation where he's all about, you know, the, the characters of TV and the, you know, the, uh, the mental anguish that you might undergo. But to Nicole's point, I, it'll make for some fun stuff. I will say, I think this third episode might have been my favorite of the three so far, because there still wasn't huge amounts of stuff going on. But there were fun moments. I think we've determined that Manu might be one of the biggest hot mess tribes in quite some time. I, I feel for Kelly Wentworth here. Because now looking back at Kelly Wentworth, all of her starting tribes have been just explosive. Like Mm San Juan del she had all the Drew Christie stuff uh, combined with the Keith and Jeremy stuff. This was the tribe that, remember, lost the flint. Somebody didn't take the flint. Somebody lost the flint. Then they bargained for another one from Jeff Probst. Then they found the flint, and they tried to give the first one back. And then in uh, Cambodia, it was the freaking PG versus Abby Maria bracelet gate as well so like poor kelly i feel like she's the new steph lagrosa in terms of being super unlucky when it comes to starting tribes
5: yeah totally (laughs) oh my gosh i just imagine her out there being like i'm playing with nut jobs (laughs) like what did i do to deserve this every single time and you could even see when the flint went missing total like ptsd type situation She was like uh uh," like no this will not happen again
4: pts drew is a thing with kelly wentworth (laughs)
5: yes (laughs)
4: <laughs> well let, let's get a bit more into the Man Triumph At all, because we'll certainly touch upon all the stuff going on with Kama, Aubrey's emotional idol find, um, Victoria and, and Ron not being able to see three feet in front of them, etc. Uh, but we are going to start with our tried and true preseason predictions. So for those of you that might not remember, before the season, we took a page out of Nicole and rob's book and we wrote up how we thought each person would do preseason and we sealed them up. And every week as the person's being voted out, we are going to read out what we wrote preseason. Nicole, the power is in your hands this week. As a guest, you get to determine which one of us had the more accurate prediction as to how Chris Underwood would turn out back in, I guess, January or February when all this stuff came out.
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think Liana was. Oh, sorry. sorry, Um, was
5: on the (laughs) ball. Yes, thank you. My God, I think so too. This is a personal low
4: for me. I didn't even read mine, and I already lost.
5: (laughs) I just give off that air of I'm a lion, Mike, from the animal and you quiz. Yeah, I'm really a sheep in this (laughs) air I give off.
4: All right. Well, so Liana, what did you? Uh, because this is this is essentially we're playing for fun at this point. Because apparently I've already lost. But <laughs> w- what what did you have to say about Chris uh, pre Edge of Extinction? Unless you thought that he was going to be the winner.
5: Yeah, um, out of respect for Chris, I'd rather not read my prediction since I've already won. Um, No, I'm just No, don't you, Bibi
4: Zahara-Banay, (laughs) this. Yes.
5: Okay, uh, so here's what I had written for Chris. I did say that he would uh, make the merge. Um, And I wrote that Chris tries to pull off the, hey, I'm just a regular dude. I'm totally not a threat. But his genericness is unappealing to the Women's Praying Mantis Alliance, and he becomes their next target. Although Chris hasn't been performing well in individual immunity challenges, he's still a big, strong dude, so, duh, he's a threat. Chris tries a last-minute appeal to the women by claiming that he's playing for Monica, but it doesn't help his case. Chris is voted out and goes to Vindication Island. (laughs) That was very detailed. (laughs) Thank you.
4: (laughs) I, I actually was sort of on a similar level here, not nearly as granular as she did, but I also had him making the jury. I said... He would get at least one surprisingly emotional confessional. I actually was really drawn to Nicole. I don't know if you remember this. You compared him to Chris Noble. From uh-huh. this season, and I thought totally the same thing of like, he's gonna have this moment where he's like, I'm just thinking about my dad. And maybe he'll still get that on an extinction island. But yeah. I totally thought he'd get that. I thought he'd find at least one advantage. And I, like Liana, thought he would get targeted post-merge as a newfound Joey amazing between, you know, his easygoing attitude, his nice smile, his outdoor skills and athleticism. I think we all overestimated the Underwood, because I think from both a, a gameplay perspective and unfortunately a personality perspective, we didn't see really any of that on the show.
5: Well, he seems <sighs> like a really
1: unlikely early boot. Like, I, yeah, no one would have predicted this.
5: Yeah, that's even how I felt after the episode. I was like, wait, I'm sorry, how did he go home? Like, I really wrap my head around it. (laughs) Yeah, he's well, and that's the thing is that we had been talking about, oh, yeah, he seems like he's, you know, getting along with everybody. He's doing well at tribal. He's not saying anything crazy, especially when you have this hot mess of a tribe. I was like, there's no way Chris is going to be targeted. And then all of a sudden, he's gone this week. Yeah, but
1: whenever but, anybody says, well, I have to stick to my morals and I have to do the right thing. Like, you know, you're playing Survivor. That's not how it's played. Like, you, you deserve to go then.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because I guess if we're sacrificing ourselves to the, to the gods of good TV, as Nicole is saying, this is sort of the best outcome. Because there are all these whack jobs on Manu. And we were going to lose one of them, whether it was your Wendy or your Kelly or maybe someone else out of nowhere. Now, I guess we have Lauren as like the de facto normal person on that tribe. And even right. she is like a little bit of like a goober, especially when she found that idol. She was like she wasn't going full Kellen, but she was like waving her arms like one of those things outside a car dealership. <laughs> this is just a really interesting tribe of people. And I'm a little sad we're breaking them up. I know that it's probably too hope gonna save them down the line but i kind of like the way that these guys all just worked both for and against each other
5: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point he was kind of boring i mean really like i can't tell you much about uh chris underwood apart from his wood uh and that was like the biggest thing i think that he gave us on the season (laughs) (laughs) biggest yes that's oh, my God. I am just I'm so clever with my jokes. They are totally highbrow humor. Wow.
4: Wow. Another <laughs> it point for good. you, Liana. <laughs> uh, well, Nicole, I would love to just, you know, throw it over to you. Was there anything that you wanted to specifically bring up from this episode or this season that you wanted to talk about before we tuck into all the silliness and shenanigans that are to come?
1: Well, I'm a little disappointed. I really didn't even like I didn't pick up on any of like the wiener jokes I could have had on this. <laughs>
4: I mean, we can keep talking about it if you want to.
1: <laughs> no, I, I didn't notice that this was a thing for him.
5: Wait, have you seen the gif? No. Oh, my gosh. OK, this is actually really important. Um, so I'm going to send this uh, on our chat right now. Um, oh, we're on, on a chat. Skype. OK, can, wait, can, if uh, it will, it's it'll come up in Skype, right? Uh,
4: I uh, well, it was a, it's a Twitter it, thing. So
5: well, well, I sent I, I was link. giving specific instructions
1: not to touch anything in the studio.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think if we t- if you have this open on your window when Rob comes back in, this is worse <laughs> than Goofy Gal on the iPad in terms of just like Oh, he things made like- that
1: such a, a bigger deal than what it was. That Goofy Gal thing. <laughs>
4: I think this 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 might be a little bit more hot water though. But yeah, I mean this is this might be the most salacious thing that we've seen from Survivor in quite some time. Wait, did I, the mouse come out of the so.
1: house? Is that what happened?
4: No, no, this was not this was not a Dr. Marcus from Gabon oh, okay. type of thing. But this is like a now we know why they keep them in their underwear type of thing. It was like it was like if you did a uh a basic cable version of Baywatch, this was like his credit shot. It was a slow pan up his body and there was a lot of prominence going on.
1: I'm so disappointed in myself for not no. noticing this. I'm getting I, I'm getting old.
5: I didn't notice it until someone had made a GIF on uh, and like I saw it then. So uh, it's uh, like I didn't even notice it from the episode. It had to be pointed out <laughs> to me later, which I am also disappointed in myself. <laughs> I didn't point that out. But yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give me something
1: to Google later. Okay. Anyway.
5: (laughs)
4: Well, I mean, listen, uh, you said what's going to happen. How are they going to, you know, catch fish out on Extinction Island? I have a poll. (laughs) You can do something with it. Hey. (laughs) Wait, actually, speaking of Extinction Island, for one second, I can't get this out of my head now. Keith, or yeah, Keith, sounds so much like Aziz Ansari at certain points that it's uncanny to me.
5: Hmm. I can see a little bit. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to listen for that. Thankfully, you know, thank you, Edge of Extinction. He's still there, so I can get more dialogue from him. Well, because uh. it's
4: it's certain things in this in that ream scene where he was doing a lot of yelling, where he was like, "No," or "It's <laughs> right." And I'm like, that is Aziz Ansari. That's well, you Tom have Haverford. a good Im-
1: impression of him too. That was pretty spot on.
4: Thank you. It's listen. I can only do high pitched, nasally voices. That's sort of my <laughs> pigeonhole, and I'm sticking to it.
5: Okay. oh my gosh they like go to get the the rice drop and he's like treat yourself yeah
4: exactly <laughs> like uh rice i call small grades
5: <laughs> oh man yeah okay all right i'll pay attention to that
4: so let's move into our first game here on the bnb now people I've, I've actually actually seen some grousing on social media because this was a very rushed episode, even though I did enjoy it. One of those things was the reward challenge. And I think I saw someone, maybe it was Ashley's dream board on Twitter, say, you know what? Get rid of all the reward challenges. We don't necessarily need them. There's only one that we really need. And it's a reward challenge called Touchy Subjects. And I don't know if either one of you are familiar with the name of it, but essentially it's what we like to refer to on the Survivor Historians as the Burn Book Challenge, where basically everyone gets a survey as to, you know, Who do you think is the loudest? Who do you think, uh, you know, it deserves to not be here, etc. And you have to answer what you thought everyone else thought. So on that note, I came up with a game I like to call Touchy Robjects. (laughs) It it could have been Sharp (laughs) Robjects, which would have been much worse. Uh, So I'm glad it didn't go in that direction. But how it's going to work is, I asked Rob a series of questions about his thoughts on actions from this episode. Nicole we're going to see how much you know about what Rob thinks about Survivor. We're going to see. You're going to guess for each question what you think Rob answered, and we're going to see if it lines up. Okay. How How, how confident are you before we go into this?
1: Not at all. I am terrible at games and um, especially like newlywed games. I'm not good at that.
4: I, I just wanted to be, you know, roundabout is fair trade. We did subject Rob to this on uh, our uh, Robin Akiva Nita podcast where he had to take the wife swap quiz. So I thought, let's put the <laughs> shoe on the other foot and let's see, you know, if, if you try your hand at it, how you would fare. OK, sounds good. All right. So let's start with this first question here. So I put Rob in the shoes of the of the Manu tribe as they won the reward challenge. Would you take comfort or chickens if you won the reward? Nicole, what do you think Rob answered? Comfort or chickens?
1: <sighs> um, I feel like Rob would say de- definitely chickens
4: yes Rob said and I quote can't make boring chicken without the chicken <laughs>
5: <laughs> of course I actually did get the logic though of going with the comfort because you know, if you do get the chickens, like they either lay maybe one egg a day, mm-hmm. or you know, if you are gonna cook them and eat them, if Wendy doesn't let them loose, you still only get like four chickens, and then it's split between you know eight people. So I don't know. I get, I could see the logic for going comfort. The only thing
4: about comfort is that if it gets wet, I feel like it just sort of ruins the value of it. And I don't know how often that rain was coming, so maybe they thought like All right, it's going to get wet in a few days, or we can guarantee chickens, at least they think, for the next week or so. They didn't realize at the the time that Wendy was a a mole for Sia or something.
1: Seriously, Uh, like she really just wants the Sia money. That's what she's doing, right? That's got to be it. (laughs)
5: yeah yeah exactly it's definitely a plea for the sea of money I, I loved that that was the like the meme and the joke of the week because we had like just <laughs> talked about it so good um, I think maybe if Reem could figure out how to use the tarp correctly maybe she could keep the comfort items dry uh, help them yeah, out no, no Reem would, would
4: turn her down she'd be like no I just need the tarp I'm good to go <laughs>
5: like, I'm sorry wait well I put the pillows on top of the shelter and I wrap myself in the tarp <laughs> got it
4: yeah exactly that's how you do comfort Reem style Uh, All right. So question number two here. So I put Rob in Wendy's shoes here. I said, if you were if you knew you were going home and you wanted to sabotage your tribe on the way out, what would you do? Nicole, what do you think Rob would do if he knew he was going and he he had to sabotage his tribe in some way, shape
5: or form?
1: Um, I feel like he would do more than just let the chickens loose. Is, but, wait, is this
5: a multiple choice question? No, or, this, is, this is an open end one. Oh
1: my God, that's so hard. Yeah, I, I, I think that he would. Um, yeah, I think he would do do something um, something um, more rubbish. Um,
5: <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, like really what? sneaky.
1: He's really sneaky.
5: That guy <laughs> Like like hide stuff. Do you think he'd hide stuff?
1: Yeah, I feel like he would. He would do kind of like a Russell Hans thing, but mm-hmm. on a more like low key level.
6: Mm,
4: so like, like every steal- day they would
1: find something else that he did
4: okay so he like solely, but she like jim from the office like yes. prank things move things around or hide other things put things in jello
5: <laughs> yes he, yeah <laughs> he puts yeah if they had the Jell-O. he puts the flint in jello
4: <laughs> all right so i'm taking the answer as rob would put the flint in jello final answer uh, Unfortunately, that's incorrect. Uh, Rob actually takes a page from his old Amazon buddy. He would burn down the camp, Butch style. He's a psycho. <laughs> so yeah, he's th- th- not too hidden. <laughs> that's so
5: aggressive. See, I, I
1: made him nicer than what he really is.
5: You just see the best in him, Nicole. That's so sweet of you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just I can't imagine
4: Rob malevolently burning down the camp.
5: Yeah, you know what? I can. <laughs> I um I actually like the idea of like slowly moving stuff. Like what if Reem instead of moving all their clothes once, like just slowly but surely move them like an inch closer to the beach like, <laughs> all of a sudden they're out there. And now it's in the water. Yeah, yeah
4: exactly. exactly. Look listen, guys, you shouldn't have put your clothes so close to the water. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what happened.
5: I guess <laughs> the tide got it.
4: Should have been wearing this. if you want to wear this tarp, it's perfect substitute <laughs> for a shirt. Oh.
5: All
4: right, question three here. If you were on Manu, would you have voted out Chris, Kelly, or Wendy? What do you think Rob said?
1: Uh, Rob would not have voted out Wendy for sure. Um, I think he would have voted out Kelly.
4: Any particular reason why?
1: Um I think that he would have seen her as a threat.
4: Okay, I well, can't come up unfortunately- with anything witty really on that. Unfortunately, uh, your first instinct—you sort of turned away from the correct option there. It was Wendy. Uh, he said she's on her way to being a final three goat.
1: oh ah, okay.
4: So I yeah. guess you were actually you were on the same trail with thinking that she wants to get rid of a threat. But I think he's taking a page at the out wrong of book. Yeah, and yeah. wants to get rid of a threat that could take his spot at the
5: end. Mm-hmm.
1: See, I, I would think that he he would find her completely entertaining, but maybe that's just as a viewer, not a player.
5: Well, we do know that he's pro-chicken, like, eating and having the chickens, and she is pro-letting loose the chickens. She does not like boring chicken.
4: (laughs) Well, I I actually feel like, of all the environments, boring chicken might succeed the most on Survivor, when there are (laughs) no other spices or options out there.
1: Yeah, Rob would do really well with the boring chicken on Survivor.
5: Well, I was going to say, that's what they eat boring chicken because they me- picked the fishing kit and not the spices so they can only eat boring chicken yeah uh, remind me
4: again why rob doesn't want to go back into survivor it seems like it's a perfect experience
5: <laughs> yeah and there's no kids.
4: yeah no kids
5: boring chicken i don't know there, there are they're 19 year olds yeah well there's
1: not five or three year olds so that's a not
4: plus. not yet yeah not yet just wait oh all right question four what piece of clothing from this season's cast would Rob want to add to his personal wardrobe? So, I know you're concentrating on the body language. Was, were there any pieces of wardrobe that have stuck out to you from these castaways through oh. the three episodes that you think would look good in Rob's closet?
5: Um, wait, 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 wait. Now, I want to clarify. You asked him what he would take, not that it would look good. <laughs>
4: just, I guess that's true. If he was forced to take one piece of clothing, whether to spite someone or to wear it, there's no. I guess there's no uh, specific purpose as to why he would pick it.
1: Oh, man. I didn't, Well, I didn't see any plaid on the island. Mm-hmm. Nothing stuck out at me. Um, he was very drawn to how Aubrey's pants were voted off. So I would say maybe Aubrey's shirt.
4: <laughs> Unfortunately, Rob would not pick Aubrey's sleeveless <laughs> shirt to show off his guns. He
1: would rock it so good.
4: I think he would. And also... Poor Aubrey. I feel like she, like she she should be thinking back to Coral like, God, they should have just me, given me me sleeves. I know it was hot out there, but who knew I would have to play two more times with this Winnie the Pooh look with no <laughs> pants and no sleeves.
5: Oh, she does kind
4: of look like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's so sad. But the correct answer was Gavin's pineapple shirt.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, he would mm-hmm. wear that.
4: That's a good which one. makes sense given his his alternative handle but i think i think he could pull it off has he really tried a lot of the patterns
1: no he doesn't he, his his closet is is either plaid plaid and more plaid or just like plain plain plain
4: <laughs> plaid think- or plain the <laughs> new the new survivor season yes that's the theme <laughs> plaid versus plain
1: <laughs> oh which gosh. side is rob on
4: Yeah, I think I think that could work. Uh, All right. I mean, listen, they coordinate the wardrobes anyway, so I think it would just make the most sense. Um, All right, let's move on here. So actually, we were talking about Sia beforehand with Wendy, but I asked Rob, if you were Sia, how much money would you give Wendy for her actions this episode? So I guess it's a little inception-y, Nicole, but what do you think Rob would think, Sia would think, to give Wendy for what she did this episode? This
1: is a lot of thinking, and you know I don't like that. (laughs)
4: just pick a number any old number (laughs) i'll give you i'll give you a scale she gave davy fourteen thousand dollars it's a number between zero and fourteen thousand and it's an it's an even number if that makes things easier
1: (laughs) okay well from what i know about the situation she picked fourteen thousand for tax reasons um but you would think she would give Wendy more because she like you can see that she like let the chickens go in the next episode. And I feel like Sia loves that. So maybe let's say 20,000.
4: Mm, so she uh, Rob went with the Sia Max, the cap of 14,000. Oh, OK, should have went mean, with my you gut. You both are shooting pretty high, though, for Wendy. Like she hasn't done anything yet. Is it just that she is through her words? She's endeared herself to Sia, in your opinion. Oh, totally.
1: You know, Sia is loving this.
5: Right, because Davey didn't do anything with yeah, what chickens he or Anna. Yeah, he was just his spirit or something like that, right? And I feel like Wendy yeah. is really embodying that. Plus, she said, I wish we were in a meatless world. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw, I saw that. I was like, oh, hello, Sia. Maybe that's why Chris left. <laughs> yes, because we needed to live in a meatless world. It was
4: too much meat for the island. Yeah, get rid of that chuck, that roast sirloin. <laughs> get it out of here. Yeah. No
5: sausage.
1: It was a no. hot dog.
4: absolutely well i i just find it so interesting that wendy perplexes me in a good way i totally agree with you nicole that i think she is so entertaining to just watch as a person on screen but i don't think she's a good player and i don't think she's fun to live with but honestly the misery that she's causing other people sort of endears her to me
1: She would drive me crazy in real life. Like I would I would have major problems with the situation.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Nicole on that one. Like, I know the war dog was maybe a little too harsh and over the top, but the okay, I'm going to be a vegetarian now. I've been a vegetarian for eight days. It's like she's the kid that's, you know, dug her heels in about something. Um, Although I did, you know, I'm here for the entertainment value of it all. She's going to take the flint and uh, release the chickens, (laughs) which I really hope happens. It's just
4: crazy that over the course of what, like, halfway, we're on season 38, the halfway point of the series thus far was a Texas oil tycoon causing chaos by burning people's socks and hiding the machete. 19 seasons later, we have the same person doing it. Here's this blue-haired woman who Nicole previously accused of working for an MLM. It's just crazy how the same (laughs) actions occur across different personality types
5: as long as her mlm uh supports veganism then i think like it's allowed uh yeah it is really funny i look how far we've come how progressive we are as a society now
4: it is interesting though because again looking back on what you two said rob did mistakenly think that big wendy was actually big and could be a challenge beast but actually she kind of is one a little bit, even on a busted ankle.
1: Yeah, she look at her swimming in the in the water on that at that episode. Like I would have sunk to the bottom.
5: Yeah, I'm actually honestly surprised, given her injury, also that you know she we weren't seeing her as really a liability in the challenges yeah. um which i thought was totally interesting because i was like of course she's injured how is she not a liability um so if she's able to still swim i mean she yeah she's a total fish to water uh then maybe that's not gonna be a problem for her the injury yeah well, did you,
4: what what what'd you guys make of her injury by the way i guess and the and the way it got played up in a, in a manner of speaking i guess i'm speaking specifically about the secret scene that has made the rounds of Warthog and Kelly making certain comments about Wendy as she hobbles off into the jungle.
1: I don't think it's broken. I think that it's just like she banged it pretty bad.
5: Yeah, because it looked, I mean, obviously it's swollen and bruised, but I. Th- I mean, if it was broken... By now, she, you know, the fact that she was able to still continue to go on and compete. I mean, we didn't get to see her with medical, but I have to imagine that if they thought that it could even potentially be broken, you know, they would have pulled her from the game. But she's still out there hobbling around, setting the chickens loose. So, you know, it seems to be okay.
1: Yeah, it looked like they wrapped it up, um, but it it looked like the swelling had gone down on um, on the ankle after it was all all wrapped up. So I think I think she's going to be just fine.
4: I can understand the histrionics a bit, though, because she I mean, she said in confessional that she's someone who has never broken a bone before. And I guess you could understand from that perspective of if you are somebody who, like, has never undergone that experience before. Like, if you have, you can pretty much tell when something's broken and when it isn't from your experience. But if you don't have that experience, you're like, oh, God, this is the end. Especially when you're malnourished and you, you barely you've barely slept and you thought, like, okay, this could be you know this could i have to get pins in my ankle when mm-hmm. it's quite the opposite she just got a big old bruise
1: yeah she got a bruise i mean if she if it was broken she would have felt it immediately like she wouldn't have been able to walk
5: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. right. Exactly. And again, you know, I know that they're busy dealing with Keith and Reem starving over on the edge of extinction and having to airdrop them rice, but they're not (laughs) going to put themselves in a situation where someone could, you know, like really sue the show for like medical neglect. So I'm sure that she got it checked out. And, uh, you know, there's probably a reason we didn't see her with Dr. Joe, right? Because it was like, oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. (laughs) Like, it's just swollen. We'll wrap it up. It'll be fine.
1: (laughs) We didn't see him laughing at her like,
5: what? oh give me a just break just elevate this, yeah.
1: this, uh, this leg and you'll be fine
4: yeah, yeah c- come back to me when that foot falls off <laughs> alright let's move on here last couple of questions for Rob so I told Rob to pick one person on each tribe who if he played with them he would want to be his number one ally so Nicole you're going to pick one person from each tribe that you think Rob would want to be with if he played with them
1: oh my gosh Um, see so now I have to like Get in my head who's on each tribe and that takes thinking so let's see um I know that he loves watching David Wright and I feel like he would like playing with him so I would say David and then on the other tribe hmm I don't know um Who's on the other tribe? I, know, I can right? I <laughs> remind you of <laughs> poor, too many
4: people. poor mysterious Kama that we don't know too much about. So Kama is the Joe and Aubrey tribe. They have uh, they have Ron Clark. You've got some Victoria in there. You've got some Julie and some Julia. You've got some Gavin, Eric the Firefighter, uh, and you've got Aurora.
1: Um... Yeah. I feel like Rob would say either Gavin or Ron Clark.
5: He is going to steal Gavin's shirt.
1: Right, <laughs> right. They have the same style. So I guess I'll have to go with Gavin.
4: So you're half correct. David Wright, he did indeed put down. But uh-huh. Rob is totally Team Aurora in joining up with the returnees. He would want to work with Aubrey as well.
1: Mm, okay. He do- Yeah. He does cheer on Aubrey.
4: I mean, listen, she could show him all the plants on the island. You know how much he's into that now.
1: <laughs> I just got a new plant. My sister got it for me last week, and I already killed it.
6: Oh, and it was so a- nice.
1: I don't know. I water it. I do everything that you're supposed to do. But I just like I kill plants. I, I, I have a, like a black thumb.
4: Do you, <laughs> um, do you love it? Was that the problem? Did you not love it enough?
5: Oh uh, Yeah, I, I I wasn't. I wasn't kissing it. You, yeah, I heard you're supposed to compliment your plants twice a day. That's why I'm like, I'm like a plant.
4: You need to compliment its intro every time you walk in the room. My
5: next
1: plants, I will name Mike Bloom. (laughs) Oh, and that's perfect. It's
6: It's thematic.
4: Yeah, because that's what you want it to do. You want it to bloom. Uh, (laughs) You're you're motivating it.
5: Speaking of compliments, though, okay, so I have an Alexa. I can't talk too loud; it'll hear me. It'll so go off. I have, yeah. I have one of those <laughs> Wait, can we talk about the state of
4: society that you have to like <laughs> talk in hushed whispers in conversations because you don't want the the thing to overhear you.
5: <laughs> it knows my Alexa. Anyway, so I asked it to compliment me the other day um, because oh, don't I'm let mom totally hear this because he's myself. gonna
1: he's gonna all day long. He's gonna say, "Alexa, uh, give me a compliment." <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay well i will go ahead and apologize uh for that <laughs> ahead of time however based on the compliment i got he might not want to do that because the compliment i got was uh when i'm with you you make me feel like r kelly yeah oh. kind of got, yeah <laughs> is this yeah, updated the, when was the, he, when's the patch <laughs> i don't know but it was like because i believe i can fly I was like I am so uncomfortable right now. Alexa
4: is canceled. I'm just saying that <laughs> oh, right now. Everyone seriously. return your devices.
5: <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> oh, I know. I was like so ashamed. I like scolded my Alexa. Alexa, no.
1: Do you ever curse at your Alexa?
5: Oh, yeah. I oh. oh my god. I was trying to take a bath the other day, and I was trying to get Alexa to play this certain song and it wasn't doing it and I was like yelled at my Alexa. I was like Alexa, I am trying to take a bath and relax and you are not helping me. <laughs>
1: I take out my frustrations on my ki- from my kids on Alexa. Like, I curse her out.
5: Yes. That's that healthy, though. You know.
4: <laughs> is, that, is that what you do to the plants as well? Is that why?
1: <laughs> Maybe they're picking up that energy. Yeah.
4: Uh, wow. I've learned so much about what to, how to mistreat your Alexa in the past two minutes.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the robot uprising happens, it's because of Nicole and I cursing out our Alexas. Yeah. I, yes, I, I,
4: I drop a lot of F-bombs at Alexa. <laughs> the the robots will make us all feel like r kelly one day <laughs> soon enough oh no oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right let's last question here so i'm going to the flip side i also asked rob to pick one person from each tribe who he thinks would be his worst enemy if he played with them
1: um i think i don't think him and the war dog would would do well on a tribe together
4: mm. Mm-hmm. You don't think he would be junior deputy war dog bitch?
1: Probably not. So, although he might, war dog might call him something similar, but not not like that. Um, so I would say war dog, and then um,
5: again, who's on the other side? I want right? to say Victoria, but just
1: because that's the only person I can think of right now.
4: Nice. <laughs> I know, unfortunately, like, Victoria has been like the standout of the Kama tribe. Uh, but no, you were correct on the war dog. Once again, you got Manu nailed down uh rob's worst enemy would be ron clark because quote i can't learn his dances
1: (laughs) he can't no way
5: (laughs) i mean it's not like ron though is that great of a dancer right he's got some he's got some moves okay
4: He he likes to do a lot of air spanking is what i noticed well who doesn't That was that was that was my move in like senior year when the when the move was to everyone to grind on each other to every song.
5: (laughs) So you are what, like dancing by yourself, air slapping?
4: Sort of. One time, actually, uh, I got dragged into a dance circle to start off my senior winter formal with my entire class looking on at me as I I had to start doing that to to come come off as hip. It did not go as well as I thought it would. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, I used to do it at the clubs just to make my friends laugh
5: i'm just uh i'm still just picturing mike as like hello fellow kids <laughs> like, trying to dance
4: hello everybody i'm spanking this imaginary person they're naughty
5: you <laughs> well, are uh, i wasn't
4: ke- i wasn't keeping score but nicole you did a pretty good job i, did okay. I would say okay
5: you, you said you set a low
4: bar for yourself but i think you promptly hopped over that i don't think any of us could have predicted how uh p- pyrotechnic rob would get when it came to his revenge <laughs> style but Otherwise, I would say you were uh, pretty on the sea of money with this stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty on the sea of money. Um, yeah, that whole uh, lighting the fire on the try on the uh, on the camp is, is really quite frightening.
5: And your when you learn about your spouse. <laughs> yeah, be careful. I hope you have good insurance money on the house. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: take the Alexa out before you do it. Yeah,
5: seriously. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was good. I mean, especially with the open ended questions like that's always super hard. Um
2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: But anyway, speaking of open-ended questions. So what I want to talk about on this episode is adding to our Ron Clark rules. So Ron Clark has 55 essential rules. And we go through and add an extra rule to the survivor addendum of the Ron Clark rules. So in the past episodes, we have added rule number 56, which is to ream daily rule number 57 which is to speak softly and carry a big snake and so now we have rule number 58 so what did we learn from this episode that is something that can i don't know help you on survivor or even just help you in regular life so one Mm -hmm. of the things that i came up with was uh you know the fact that chris told the war dog the plan and that is you know Potentially what sent him home this week. So like snitches get stitches or like snitches get snuffed. Uh, mm. That was one of the ideas I had. Also, go ahead. Steal the flint could be a fun rule as well. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. So I don't I don't know, Mike, if you have any ideas about what we can take away from this. week,
4: Yeah, I mean, I know we want to keep it Manu centric, but I just can't get back to this fact that they were talking so much about getting rid of Joe. When Joe was literally right behind them. Like, I feel like since Ron Clark was the one who messed up, maybe that rule should be specifically about him.
5: Yeah. Okay. I like that. Right. Like, um, uh, be sure to talk behind people's backs.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
5: like, is that a good rule? If you're going to gossip about people, do it behind their back.
4: <laughs> I like that. I, like I think Joe that, was I, actually
5: behind their back. Victoria's back. <laughs>
4: well, yeah, that's the thing. Is <laughs> that I I totally don't blame Victoria, because Victoria was standing with her back. Ron, from my breakdown of where everyone was standing, was pretty much like, look, could see Joe behind her. So I think it's totally his fault that he did not, like, do the, the motions to cut her off while she's talking about all this.
5: <sighs> okay, yeah. So it's the fact that Ron didn't stop Victoria from talking about Joe while, like, Joe is right there. Um... Be sure to warn your friends when they're gossiping about a bitch right behind them. <laughs> That's a really mm. wordy rule. <laughs> what, what about
4: what about what about bitches get stitches?
5: <laughs> bitches get stitches. Um, I think you're still missing the fact, though, that it was like behind their back. Like they were talking about them behind their back. Hmm. All right. I'm trying to.
4: Is there is there a distance we can recommend here?
5: <laughs> right. Like. If you're going to talk about someone, be more than 50 feet away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like our um, restraining okay, it was order like rule. like five feet. Yeah. yeah, be more than five feet away from the person. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, don't be stupid. Uh, oh, watch like your that. back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Don't be stupid. Watch your back. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. And also
4: watch your trimates backs as well. <laughs> Cause there might be someone behind it.
5: Don't be stupid. Okay. Stupid. Don't be stupid. Stupid. Watch your back. Yes. Okay. Great.
4: I think that works. I think that works. It's, it's very blunt and to the point, which I feel like is very Nicole.
1: I was just going to say, that's totally me.
5: <laughs> yes. And it's still descriptive of the situation, but I think mm-hmm. it's very general. You know, you can apply it to a number of situations. So I'm here for it. It's like a life yeah, lesson.
4: Don't be stupid idiot yeah and it's also very you know it's a nice callback to you know i feel like pat could take this advice back in season 37 watch your back. (laughs) back watch your back
5: yeah uh this will be the next thing i say to my alexa my alexa screwing up don't be stupid stupid
4: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i didn't know if we, it was too contingent thrown in rule 58 like don't be r kelly but i didn't know if we wanted to keep that etched in the in the rule book
5: <laughs> i don't think that's something we want to be on record yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: re- I, think, I think we hit the cap on the r, r. kelly talk
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah right exactly now nah, we're just gonna move on from that yeah scott if, we, if i mention his name from now on just bleep it out it's now we've we've hit our quota he <laughs> just gets a bleep
5: oh my gosh okay perfect great i'm very excited thank you both and uh, oh i love it i love it don't be stupid stupid watch your back okay now enough of that very serious talk let's do something a little bit more fun so we are going to do a fun activity mad libs uh so i'm going to ask the two of you to help me fill in the blanks for some survivor stories so we're going to do two different stories the first one we are going to write a summary of what's happened so far on this season of survivor so if you missed the first few episodes don't worry we've got you covered
4: this is our own previously on survivor recap yes
5: exactly so, uh we'll see how close we get to the actual season of survivor. Uh yes, it's going to be an adventure. Okay. So, Mike, let's start with you. I need an adjective.
4: Let's go with shiny.
5: Okay. Ooh, that's
1: a good one. <laughs>
4: Thank you. I'm I'm my flap my fleeves are just turning outwards as you keep talking about it. <laughs>
5: He's so good at adjectives. Uh okay, Nicole, I need a number.
4: Sixty-nine. Yes. Uh, Alright, you are perfect for the B and B. Now you're officially <laughs> cemented. Uh, that's, a, that's a great guest.
5: By the way, today is the 69th day of the year. Ooh la la. Yes. Don't What's tell
1: up? my friend Robert. <laughs>
5: yeah
4: if you tell him that and then he finds that gif of chris there's gonna be so many questions
5: (laughs) yeah lots of questions uh okay mike i need a number as well
4: let's go with 73
5: okay um nicole a name of one of the castaways from this season david Wright. okay uh mike a plural noun baseballs baseballs uh okay, Mike, You come up with
1: these so quickly. It's it's putting so much pressure on me. Like I have to think. Okay, plural noun. That is okay. All right. I know what that is.
4: <laughs> okay. All right. I, to be honest, I've I've also been doing this for like a year and a half. So I'm like mentally steeled myself. From okay, Mad Libs, okay. You're doing a great job for someone who's just been exposed to them for I don't know. I've learned it remember out the 69. <laughs> well, do you remember the last time you played Mad Libs? Was though? It might have. It might have been a long time.
1: It was in the airport, coming back from I think my honeymoon. Oh no! Maybe it was Punta Cana. Yeah, so I do remember.
5: (laughs) Okay, well that's okay. That that is very on brand. Um, so I'm I'm here for it. Okay, well I I is this one okay? A verb, Nicole. Can you give me a verb? Uh, run. Okay. Um, Mike, a name of a castaway from Edge of Extinction.
4: Uh, let's go with Reem on the Edge of Extinction.
5: Okay. Uh, Nicole, an animal, alligator. Okay, mike a verb.
4: demand.
5: Oh, look at you. Uh Nicole, a body part. <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> yeah. Yes! Okay, uh a verb, mike. Relax. Oh. Okay, uh Nicole, a name of a castaway from this season.
4: Uh,
1: Julia.
5: Okay. Um, which actually, this might be the most screen time she's ever gotten <laughs> yeah. on our recap compared to the actual oh. season. I know. Um. Okay, Mike. Uh, another name of a castaway from the season.
4: Let's go with Ron Clark.
5: Okay. A noun, Nicole. Um. Rock. Rock. And finally, Mike, I need an animal. Let's go with platypus. (laughs) Platypus. Okay, here we are. So, we are going to summarize the season so far. Previously, on the Edge of Extinction, what a shiny season so far. Three weeks ago, 69 castaways started the journey for $73 million. (laughs) 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 Big budget increase. In episode one, David Wright was voted out because he moved his tribe mate's baseballs to dry on the (laughs) beach. And when David Wright was voted out, he said, no offense, but run my tribe. You're all a bunch of alligators. I don't. I don't know. That's actually like maybe an insult. Okay. Uh, in episode two, Reem Daly was voted out <laughs> due to her okay. inability to demand at the immunity challenge.
4: That does not sound like Reem. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, at all. It's way off yeah um although the real story this episode was about chris's big wiener <laughs> yeah! Yes!
4: Yeah. we need like balloons to fall from the ceiling that we actually got a mad lib that ends up <laughs> matching up with the show
5: i know like that's actually what happened okay <laughs> um and ron's relaxing moves Finally, this past episode, Julia was voted out, but the real drama came from Ron Clark stealing the very important rock from camp.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you know
5: what? This
4: the state of and immunity idols could get to a point where, like, it's just an effing rock, and Ron Clark steals it.
5: Exactly. All right. Tune in next week to see Ron Clark release the reward platypuses at a camp. <laughs> so (laughs) Uh,
4: could you imagine because i I don't know if you guys noticed but when jeff was walking over to the chickens you had like eric and joe making the chicken noises could you imagine them trying to like imitate platypi just be like yep that's right it's platypuses here for your (laughs) eating pleasure
5: yeah well that was i was like wait is it platypi or platypuses I don't know. you're the animal
4: expert on this podcast. Uh, it could know. be plaid a Pussy, yes. I don't know.
5: I don't know. Uh okay. Well great. That was definitely what happened so far. That's I can't wait to close. see Pretty yeah.
4: close, yeah. $73 million. I guess they really had to buff it up to get those four returning players back on.
5: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, with 69 castaways. That's uh, quite a season. Quite a season.
4: And I guess one of them, uh, I don't know, did they get baseballs in the when they scavenged the boat and David Wright hid them or moved them somewhere else? <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, it was part of the marooning. Uh, <laughs> there were baseballs and platypie. Um, it was a very interesting take on uh, on the preparation for the season. Could you
4: imagine if Jeff Probst was like, OK, uh, you know, we want to have some fun. So we put a bunch of beach equipment here, too. So take whatever you guys want to. It's like when they dropped off all the sports equipment for the kids in a season way back.
5: Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? It's like okay, we're gonna give you some you know fun items, and we're gonna give you baseballs, um, pool noodles, (laughs) um, things that you can really enjoy uh, enjoy your time on Survivor. Okay. So we have one more to do. So since we did a summary of the season so far, I thought it would be fun to do a prediction. Um, But instead of doing a prediction of the season, we're going to do a prediction of a week in RHAP podcasts. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to predict what is going to happen this coming week in RHAP podcasts. Oh, this should be interesting okay yes <laughs> yes it will <laughs> all right so um mike we'll start with you i need the name of a castaway from this season
4: let's go with julie
5: julie okay um nicole a verb ending an ing um screaming okay um okay mike a former survivor player so not on this season
4: Let's go
5: with Uh let's go with Tyson. Okay. Nicole, I need a food that Rob eats. Boring chicken.
4: Yeah. Yes. The hit of the Manu <laughs> camp when you, if you can find the chicken. <laughs> if it is it, it escaped though.
5: That's right. I don't know. Is boring platypuses is that also a food that would be good? <laughs> I, I feel know. like Rob I would eat that. <laughs> as long as it's boring. Mhm. <laughs> okay. Uh Mike, I need just a name.
4: Uh Seymour. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay. Um Nicole, a country. Um Uganda. Okay.
6: Ooh.
5: Um okay, Mike, I need an adjective.
4: Uh let's say timid.
5: Okay. Okay, we'll see how that works. Um, okay, Nicole, I need an as-seen-on-TV product. <laughs> uh, the perfect
1: potato. What, what is that? Is that?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's it's basically like this little pillow for a potato, and you put it in the microwave, and you cook it for four minutes, and then it comes out the perfect potato.
4: Wait, I need to look. Is it like a dish? No, it's like a pillow that you put. Or
1: it's like a little, like, cushiony package you put a potato in and then you just put it in the microwave this is one of Rob's favorite things this is what he has with his boring chicken (laughs) his perfect
5: potato (laughs) wait do you put the potato in the pillow it's like a sack that's like completely covered
4: (laughs) so you put your potato in a sack yes and you put it in the microwave and it makes the perfect potato what what does the sack have to do with it does it help Heat it? I don't.
1: I I don't know. It keeps the moisture in. I don't know, but it just makes it perfect, and that's all you need to know.
5: Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have some googling to do. For the you know, I'm googling it now, and this
4: I I I, I can't find this thing. I t- uh, maybe it's as seen on TV and only on TV. It's so only at in the, the perfect the TV. <laughs> yeah, it's really they've really marketed specifically to you. I'm sure your <laughs> Alexa is talking all about potato products.
5: Oh my gosh! So there was a New York restaurant called The Perfect Potato. It is permanently closed.
4: <laughs> maybe, maybe they went into a different type of line. Like, listen, we gotta impart our secret to the trade onto the world. No,
5: they were run out of business. The Perfect Potato at home now. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need to yeah, go that's,
4: out. I Hope they had a trademark on that name then, because they could have just they just stole that name outright. right
5: yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right, Mike. A uh, term of endearment.
4: Ooh, you cushy cheeks, poor Angela. <laughs>
5: is, that, is that how you compliment her? I guess it's better than my Alexa.
4: That's true. Yeah, I did not call her. I said, "Wow, you're really reminding me of R. Kelly today." <laughs> cushy cheeks.
5: Bleep. Yeah, right. We're gonna bleep that out. Damn it!
4: Yeah, Scott, you should bleep it out. Put some music over that. Not not the music can from fly. that particular artist. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um. Okay, Nicole, a former Survivor player. Zane okay, um Mike, I need an r h a p podcaster,
4: oh boy, let's go with haley strong,
5: okay, um Nicole, I need two numbers, two separate numbers, yes,
4: okay, um no, just say the number two <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, let's go with twelve and sixty nine
5: Okay, uh, Mike, I also need a number, but just one, Go though. One. Okay. Um. Sh- okay, Nicole, I need a schoolyard game. Red light, green light. Red, yes.
4: <laughs> uh, That's what you play when the perfect potato is ready. The light turns green, right?
5: Exactly. Uh, okay, uh, Mike, I need an item on Survivor.
4: Let's go with coconut.
5: Okay, and finally, Nicole, I need a noun.
1: Um, I'm looking at my window to see something interesting. <laughs> um, something, you
4: think something like I don't know, like a dragon will fly by the window.
1: <laughs> there's, um, uh, my there's a, a neighbor that we call a pervert. So we'll call is that no is that a noun? Or is that a yeah. adjective? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah We'll uh, call pervert. pervert. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
4: pervert. Perfect.
5: Okay, great. So, oh boy, that's
4: a, that. Now I was thinking. For some reason, my warped brain went to alliteration. I was thinking, "Perverts, perfect potato."
5: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, no, there is no uh, "perverts, perfect potato" here.
4: <laughs> Are you a pervert? Do you also like baked potatoes? We got a product for you. So You can get back to peeping at whatever you want to in four minutes.
5: <laughs> in four minutes or less. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> To kick off the week, Stephen and Rob broke down Julie's exit from the game on Know-It-All's. During their discussion, Stephen stated that screaming is arbitrary and reductive. The, <laughs> the next day, before the recap podcast with Tyson, Rob ate a healthy serving of boring chicken. Obviously. <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah, so again, again, balloons are falling down. We got, a, we got a correct prediction in.
5: Exactly. On the voicemail show with Bryce Isaiah... Seymour from Uganda wrote in saying, <laughs> Hey, Rob, hey, who is this season's timidest timid? <laughs> <laughs> no, that works perfectly. This season's timidest timid, yes. Um, but before the voicemails podcast, Nicole joined Rob for an ad read this week about the amazing perfect potato. <laughs>
4: That nobody else knows about.
5: <laughs> Although it now could be a legit ad read if you guys ever got the perfect <laughs> potato can sponsor. Uh, okay. A surprise podcast was also released this week where T-Bird tracked down Zane Knight to settle the debate about who first used the term you crusty cheeks on Survivor. <laughs> hey, it was cushy cheeks, not crusty you, cheeks. You cushy cheeks. guys. Okay, sorry. I can't spell <laughs> the crusty cheeks. Yikes! Um, okay, on this week in Survivor history, Rob beat Haley Strong sixty-nine to twelve, and the winner of the Wandoff parody, or the winner of the Wandoff, was a parody of Seven Rings by Ariana Grande titled One Coconut.
4: <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that uh, was a hit. Who who did that? Was that you think that was a, a Bob from Columbus deal? <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly. Maybe a little DJ labelle Klein action in there too. uh Okay, on the B and B, Liana won the prediction, but but tried to adapt Red Light Green Light to a Survivor <laughs> podcast game. It it went over like a pervert balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of balloons. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about your window, oh, it's the pervert balloon is outside the window. Uh, Finally, on Why Blank Lost, David and Jessica agreed that Julie didn't scheme and plot enough. The end. (laughs) Wow. Thank
4: you so much for bringing the term pervert balloon into the lexicon.
5: That's such a good insult. Add it to my list of things to call my Alexa. Alexa, yeah. you're being such a pervert balloon right now. <laughs> pervert
4: balloon with with crusty cheeks.
5: You crusty cheeks.
4: or call them the, call them the timidest timid. Maybe that see how it responds to that. Yes.
5: Oh my gosh! I'm also excited for Seymour from Uganda.
4: <laughs> that sounds like a mail scheme.
5: <laughs> yeah. Like uh, PayPal me ten thousand dollars and <laughs> I'll give you the rest of my fortune. <laughs> okay all right well uh we'll just have to see if our predictions were correct
4: (laughs) well hopefully this segment did not go over like a pervert balloon we shall see or maybe we made the perfect potato of a Mm -hmm. segment we'll see what the listeners have
0: to say step into the world of power loyalty
4: So I am going to base my question this week off a tweet that was sent to us by Heidi Marshall, who came in with a suggestion uh, based off of Rick's statement about Wendy saying she's a lovable, emotional type. So we're going to figure out what two somewhat contradictory adjectives can you use to describe yourself? So be clear, it's not an oxymoron, like you can't say I'm a smart, dumb person, but it's sort of like two words that you didn't think would be in the same sentence like she gives some examples here like a stubborn gentle type an insightful distracted type or a joyful hard-working type
5: okay uh what's an adjective (laughs) hold on let me like sort this (laughs) out let me let me tell you that's my area of expertise (laughs) yeah Yeah. Alexa. we're actually, yeah, or that's what I should ask, uh, Alexa. Pick two adjectives to describe me. Do you know the, list, well, the well, listeners? Well, well. Alexa is back. Oh yeah, sorry for saying Alexa so much. Oh my god. Okay, uh, Listen, we're not
4: saying. We're, we're saying at least we're not saying the other name. That's I think that's more of a trigger than Alexa. The
5: other name, R. What's Kelly, the right? Oh, that's oh, what that, what that one. Right. So, yeah, I believe I can fly. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Crap. I should have done this for the Mad Libs instead. Uh, let's see. I see adjectives. I'm a shiny. Um, that was one that Mike listed earlier. Uh, timid. I'm a shiny timid.
4: Interesting. Okay. <laughs> does, does that describe your personality? Well, at I don't all?
5: know. That's just from the, the Mad Libs earlier.
4: Well, like I, I can give an example here. Like I would say I am a like a talkative. I don't know. A talkative, dim-witted person in that I talk a lot, but like all I say is nonsense. So that I feel like those two things are like somewhat contradictory to each other, but they're not outright opposites.
5: Hmm. Okay. So I uh took the animal in you quiz earlier and I was the lion personality. So based on that, I'm looking at adjectives to describe the lion. I am courageous and medium to large (laughs) sized. Does that count?
4: Uh, what, you could say like courageous small.
5: I am courageous and r- r- dramatic. <laughs> I like reasons? that. I like that a lot.
4: No, I think that that's because those don't exactly line up. I think that's totally on the nose.
5: Yes. Um I'm excited for when they remake The Wizard of Oz and it's the <laughs> dramatic lion.
1: <laughs>
5: Wait, I just got excited.
1: I thought they were really
5: remaking it. Oh no i'm i'm sure they will but could you
4: imagine like oh my goodness what are you doing here i can't go on i hurt my ankle i'll have to you'll have to carry me to the emerald city i can't
5: <laughs> pulling a windy uh oh, my leg hurts um yeah that's uh i need to read to learn more adjectives is what i'm learning in this experience.
4: nicole do you, do you do you have any thoughts about ways to describe yourself
5: I feel
1: like I am the crazy Zen person.
4: Ooh, I like that. So, is there just, is it like different sides of you or is it like your craziness is found, has a foundation in Zen?
1: Like, I'm so crazy that I can, like, I have the ability to calm people. Like, people come to, like, I'm crazy, but people come to me and I give really good advice and I can, like, make people calm, but I'm crazy.
5: That, Mm. yeah. Okay. That's a good one because I think I, Uh, Like, okay, I know if we don't necessarily do oxymorons, but I am, you know, like a scientist, very rational and logical in my thinking. But I'm also super emotional.
6: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So
5: uh, I don't know if like rational and emotional count (laughs) because that would also (laughs) fall under me.
4: Well, that's the thing as well as like I can describe myself as like fairly emotional of a person, too. But I also have this bit of a streak where I kind of like to see people suffer for the sake of, like, oh my good God. dramatics. So, like, <laughs> look, you're talking to the person who's caught on camera pointing and laughing and Malcolm leaving. You know this about me. So, like, True. I feel like that's, that's a thing that I could relate to.
5: Between you and Rob, you're gonna burn down the shelter and laugh maniacally. And laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's suffering. I'm here for it.
4: So, we'll see. We'll see. If you guys out there want to describe yourselves or describe us using adjective, I just thought it was a nice little thing from Heidi... Because uh, I do think it was interesting the way that Rick really tiptoed around the Wendy thing by being like, "God, Wendy, isn't she something? She really is an interesting person."
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was he try? I mean, did he say emotional yet lovable? Was the order? He said, "He
4: said she's a she's a lovable,
5: emotional nut." Mm-hmm. Emotional nut. That's actually a pretty good description of her, though.
1: But I'm sure if you took yeah. him aside and there was no cameras rolling, he'd say something else.
5: Yeah, or you just leave out the lovable part. Like (laughs) she's an emotional nut, and put in an f bomb. Yeah, exactly. She's an effing emotional nut. All
4: right. Well, this brings us to our final segment of each and every week here on the B and B: the question of the week. So we put out a question from last week's podcast into the Survivor ethos to see what you guys have to say. We'll always read your responses on the air. We'll give our own responses as well. Last week's question. What is one dance move you would bring to Survivor in honor of Rob's worst enemy, Ron Clark, uh, bringing back the air spank from the (laughs) mid 2000s? What would you want to bring back onto the scene? Starting with Jonathan Troyer says, if I were choreographing a dance for my Survivor tribe, I would include a group lift. Not only does it promote teamwork and looking cool. The survivor gods may see it as us offering the person to them. Hopefully, that makes them merciful to the tribe. Nicole, it seemed like you voiced your uh, your assent to this idea. Any
1: dirty da- dancing reference has my heart. Yes, absolutely.
5: <laughs> I like this too, but I will say there's probably. There is not a better dance move to get Medic than a group lift. <laughs> Especially if you are offering this person to the Survivor Gods. The Survivor Gods may come to take the uh, the offering sooner rather than later.
4: Could you imagine if like Dr. Joe got called to campus like, "Well, I thought we could do the lift and uh, I-, I botched it. So a poor guy got a you know, a, he got a, a fractured elbow. You're going to have to remove him from the game." So what
1: exactly is a group lift? Like everybody grabs a partner and then they do the lift or does one person lift the entire group
4: i'm thinking i'm thinking like one person runs to a group and they all do like a balletic lift together everyone sort. it's like light as a feather stiff as a board while they all grab a a piece of (laughs) something
5: well yeah it's like one person gets lifted right not yeah yeah, the group gets the whole group that would be really impressive (laughs) that one person though
4: that reminds me of, like, those challenges back in the day. Remember when uh, they had to, like, carry people across on those little pedestals to different platforms where James Clement, like, beasted it? That's what, that's what the group lift would be from that perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. See, I, I feel like I, I need, like, a synchronized lift. And that would, be yes. more, that would be better for me.
5: Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if they walked out to, you know, the tribe walks out to the immunity challenge and all of a sudden do this choreographed dance routine, including a group lift? Uh, that's what ron clark was trying to do i think they were just two steps away from it Mm -hmm. yeah that would be intimidating (laughs) but awesome (laughs) that that would be intimidating (laughs) yeah i am intimidated by group lifts apparently
4: (laughs) Uh, let's not take you to the ballet anytime soon because spoiler alert uh they've got the the big d energy from your perspective for all the lifts they're doing yes (laughs) yet another reason chris underwood was voted out by the way uh, Alright, let's move on to Elizabeth. I have an absolutely phenomenal dance move in which you perform the sprinkler into the dab. It was
5: quite the move circa 2012. Wow. That's like, combi- you combine the two? I mean, I think Ron Clark would be all about that move. Do we think
4: that, uh, like, the dab is still exists, exists my f- amongst... My
5: five-year-old does it, but he calls it the jab.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <He's> very confused. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the jab.
4: <laughs> That's so cute now how is his dab is it like is it is is he doing the technique well?
1: Imagine Rob as a three foot person
5: oh <laughs> that's so cute so no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i i think we
4: need to bring the sprinkler back i feel like to elizabeth's point it's it's in the family of the dad mm.
5: has it has enough time passed before you know how like oh a t- time passes and then things become cool again is the sprinkler now back to work was it ever cool though in the first place i don't think so
4: <laughs> that's a good point yeah i feel like it was like sure. a
5: stupid
1: move that you would do just to get some laughs right right
4: yeah, it's a nice like cheap trick to go for. It's the pervert balloon of dance dancing,
1: <laughs> or it's like like the rope thing where you like throw the rope and you pretend to catch, uh, lasso somebody and then you you bring them in. Yes, yeah, or like the
4: fishing one where you cast the line, you mm-hmm. reel them in, <laughs> or like uh, or going shopping.
5: Oh if what? Y- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You push the cart and you like grab stuff from the. <laughs> you pick up oh, the this chest. is a move. <laughs> I miss this.
4: <laughs> yeah you you mind pushing the cart and you grab objects this sounds like the most boring dance move ever i, think that, I gra- think that
1: mike bloom just does this in his house like is this the move that you do in the, in the mirror naked
4: yes how did you know that's how i start every day as i look at myself in the mirror naked i compliment myself to let my leaves flow as i go shopping pumps himself up pumps myself up exactly that's the perfect i'm gonna have a good
5: opinion. morning now
4: Oh boy, I got my shopping done. Everything's golden. But, like
5: I love it. Who want like grocery shopping is not cool. Yeah, it's the most basic idea.
4: Like, oh, gotta do the laundry. Yeah,
5: and you're like, oh man, gotta buy some soda. It's really heavy. I'm dancing. Yeah, it is that.
4: That is in retrospect like the dullest dance move I think that has ever existed. Oh my goodness.
5: Ugh. Poor Angela. Well, let's, let's, I'm
1: horrified. I'm absolutely poor. horrified. <laughs>
4: Uh, let's move on here. Parker Schimler. My dance move would simply be the stanky leg, as I'm sure my legs would actually be stanky. Are you guys familiar with the stanky leg? You pretend
1: like your leg doesn't move and you're like moving it around and dragging it. Is that it?
4: <laughs> is that the, what Wendy was doing? <laughs> she's doing the stanky leg. She's doing the stanky. She's doing the uh, stankle. My, on to you, Wendy.
5: <laughs> yeah, uh, my dance move is restless leg syndrome. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Or it's just flapping all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Christmas says, the dance move I would want to bring a Survivor is what Fortnite fans call the orange justice. Uh, so I think I looked this up. She actually uh, posted a gift to it. Don't You don't need to look it up, Nicole. Uh, but it's basically like you keep your legs sort of like like they're on skis, like they're together, and you just sort of like bend them and wiggle around. So you don't actually move. Imagine, like, someone taped up your legs and pinned you to the ground and you dance. That's sort of what the Orange Justice is.
5: Hmm. Uh, That sounds like something I'm capable of doing. But is there grocery shopping involved? Because...
4: (laughs) Do you buy an orange juice with the Orange Justice? Right.
5: I only uh, do dance moves that involve shopping.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I do the most capitalist dance moves only. No communist dance moves for me. Yes. (laughs) John John the great John John says Band st- best dance move to do in Survivor is be, is bring back the gangnam style and one person can be the horse.
5: <laughs> yeah remember when that was a thing? Oh,
1: I, I like twitch when I hear that song because my three year old at the time had this motorcycle that loudly every time you turn this thing on would scream like you could hear it literally three miles away. Gangnam style dance. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it
4: was, it Why? It awful. My m- so this is like, when you turn on the car and, you know, the radio turns on automatically... That was this for this motorcycle, but the only thing the motorcycle knew was Gangnam yes, Style. Yeah, that anytime
1: that thing was on, like, he, my kid would be riding this thing and just Gangnam Style, just blasting. <laughs> Finally, we cut the wires and we told him it broke. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. I'm surprised Rob didn't burn down the bike. He
1: hid it in the garage for a while and everything was quiet. And then he found it and then we had, we had to cut the wires. <laughs>
5: Oh my gosh, that's so random, though. Like, why that song? I mean, I guess you know it was a huge hit, so why not have it? You know what, my toy? my mom
1: bought it for him, but she was oh, really no. cheap, and she got it off eBay, and it was like one of those like <laughs> cheaply made things from China,
6: okay. and
1: um, it just it was oh, it was awful. Oh my God! I
6: just can't imagine
4: hearing Gungnam style over and over, over and, and
1: over. Oh my god, it was so
4: bad. So now,
1: I twitch every time I hear it.
4: Oh boy, that might be a dance move. It's like the Gungnam style response.
5: <laughs> totally. Cut the wires, no. And then the, the wires cut and you die. Yeah. <laughs> that
4: could be triggered trigger as well, yeah. Don't, I, don't, I don't know, should we or should we not put you guys on a bomb squad now? You're good at cutting wires, but like, I guess you need to do it if the bomb is playing Gugnum style to just bring you back in that mode. Yeah, it wasn't.
1: Like, it was like a, like a like an angry like pull of the wires. Like oh, this is the last time. And He pulled it out.
4: <laughs> I can't anymore. I'm just destroying this bike. <laughs> but but then like could you imagine like you pulled out the wrong wire and now it's like style. <laughs> it never dies yeah exactly or it just keeps playing faster and faster
5: i i just in my head i have the um the scene from office space where they're like smashing the printer i'm just imagining like you and rob out there with a baseball bat just smashing this toy to shit like, oh you. Oh so good uh
4: Felipe Shimon says for my dance moves, I'd start with the worm, stand up to do the hustle, then end with the nene, but all that would be only to throw Liana and the guest off and the next be and Bay t- B and Bay. Wow, I found a new <laughs> name for this podcast. <laughs> to count how many beats of movement this contestant did in this episode. Uh, I'm I think I'm unfamiliar. I don't remember the nene. I know the whip, but I don't remember the nene.
5: Don't they go together? I think so. Um, watch me whip It's in the same song. Don't watch me nay nay, yeah. I uh don't no, I don't know. I don't know what that would look like, um, especially the transition. Although I will say they have the uh, that worm challenge, right, where they like tie their hands and legs together and have them like shuffle around on the sand. So that would prepare. Oh, I thought you were all. talking
4: about like one of those like cockamamie YouTube challenges. Was the worm challenge?
5: <laughs> like, oh yeah, right the uh, the worm challenge, right up there with the tide pod challenge and the uh, and snoring. the momo what? challenge and the. Mo- yes oh no that's terrible <laughs> the, the, the pervert balloon challenge I remember all those
4: yeah exactly like tie your arms and legs together and see how much you can get around during the day it looks like from what I'm seeing a nae is essentially like a gungnam style but more of a low rider like your legs are more you're more in a squat when you do it and you sort of wave your hand back and forth
1: I just remember Aris play um, posting a video of him and his family like doing it on Instagram Really? Yeah.
5: <laughs> and I was like, oh,
1: I'm but, never doing that.
5: I was gonna, yeah, was it when I was
4: like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not
1: doing that. <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, and it's interesting because what I like about Felipe is that he's essentially doing like that history of dance YouTube video from a while back with just doing all these things in, in transition to each other.
5: Yes, Yeah, that kid, uh hey, you know, we might see that from Ron Clark. It's, I feel like in his wheelhouse.
4: <laughs> Finally, William Buckner, just for you, Nicole, says, has to be the reluctant Macarena from Rob's 40th birthday M- Amazing Race flash mob. I need a gif of this low energy effort in my life. That was the worst
1: Macarena oh. ever. And he gets so mad when I tell him. Like, that was that was terrible.
5: It was so funny, though. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. I was dying of laughter because it was so bad.
1: <laughs> like, even Parvati was like, no, dude, <laughs> come on. Uh
4: listen if you could have you know if you put on gugnum style that would have fired him up so you put put, put a bit more energy into it
1: on his 50th birthday he'll have to do Gangnam style
4: (laughs) yeah you'll all drive in on the motorcycle (laughs) playing gugnum style
5: oh my gosh and rob burns down the park
4: (laughs) how that ends Well, let's hear from mm. let, let's hear from you guys liana what, what would you do What what is what's a good dance move to do on survivor uh
5: okay so my first thought was uh the ymca and then you spell out the tribe name uh as you do it however i really am proud of this one the safety dance because if your allies don't dance well they're no allies of mine <laughs>
4: Oh boy, is that going to beat one coconut in the wand off this week? That is my wand off
5: idea. Yes.
4: You made wand offs before, so don't don't necessarily count it out. I know. Uh Nicole, Nicole, you are a master of dance. Oh yeah. Uh, as you sh- from your previous uh, attempts at the air spank. Uh <laughs> what, what 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 do you do you think there are any dance moves that are think you think are good for survivor celebrations?
1: Um I feel like I'd have to like go to like the the running man or Roger Rabbit
4: that's yeah that was
5: pretty what, good what is it what's roger rabbit again
1: it's
4: like,
1: it's like you're going backwards
5: like not the, quite the moonwalk but like sort of
1: right yeah and your arms like flail back yeah. like your elbows go back
5: wait I, have i
4: never, I've never am i dating myself like here my, like am
1: i that old no 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 <laughs> no like
4: this i've never found this move before this might be my move it requires flailing i feel walking. like you would like be this. really
1: good at the roger
4: rabbit this might be my only. This, now I can add. Or it'd be this really to good repertoire. to watch you do it. There we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll and, and for Rob's fiftieth, if he's low energy, I'll start Roger rabbiting into him and see how he reacts. Yes, just
1: don't do it naked in your mirror in your room. <laughs>
4: okay, well, no, that's, that that's, would be that's, weird that's Shopping time would be That's shopping dancing. time. baby. Uh, that's that's reserved. <laughs> um, I so I'm thinking like in terms of dance moves. I thinking how how do I want to? Because I'm I'm on Liana's point of like how do I want to appeal myself to other people? And I'm thinking. You know, in the game of Survivor, to be a loyal ally, you want to be able to follow directions well, right? And you want to be able to pivot easily. So I'm thinking, let's go with the most instructional dance ever. Give me the cha-cha slide.
5: Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I would hate you. I would hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it too many instructions? <laughs> um, like,
1: when I'm at a party and that comes up, I'm like, uh, to the bar.
5: And it's time to get a drink.
4: (laughs) I do feel like there should be a challenge as to like, because I feel like that's it's akin to like that karaoke song when people put on like Paradise by the Dashboard Light, where they're like, "Great, this is an awesome song," and then you get two minutes into the seven minute song, you're like, "Okay, this was a mistake." I feel like that's the same thing with Cha Cha Slide, where people are so into it when it starts, but then things start to ebb out around like the halfway point where people are like. All right, I clapped my hands. I went down low. I have to keep going now, and and everyone realizes the mistake that they made in the way they committed. To
1: yeah, they're gonna vote you out.
5: We've made a huge mistake.
4: <laughs> Imagine if you did get voted out for trying to come under your people into doing the cha cha slide. Well, that's
5: a legit reason to get voted out. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, not to get into too much like Big Brother Canada, but uh, the in in one of in the episode it was portrayed it seemed like the reason why someone got voted out is because you wouldn't rap. And so I would be like very here for Mike gets voted out because he tries to get everyone to do the cha-cha slide. And that is how it is legit sold on the show. The reason why you were voted out, like <laughs> David and Jessica add that to your list of why blank loss tried to convince someone to do the cha-cha slide.
4: Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the rule right at the bottom there. And I mean, could you do a survivor adaptation like dig for the idol or <laughs> write the vote?
5: yeah right uh you could also i think that would be more fun yeah yeah and then you could be creative because i think that's a problem is it's so repetitive the cha cha slide
4: that's true that's true because i was thinking maybe you could do like achy breaky heart or the electric slide but i feel like those are even more repetitive
5: is is there a dance to achy breaky heart there is it's like a kickball change sort of thing yeah yeah. (laughs) okay well that's all i remember it's because it's from the chorus right but is there okay. yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah i don't know if there's any dance to the the verse about tell me aunt louise <laughs> tell me if you please that stuff <laughs>
1: how do you even know the word
4: <laughs> i don't know i think my my parents put on like this weird mixtape you know what it is i there was a, a cd when i was a kid about like the trolls dolls sing the hits it was pre-kid's pop. <laughs> and what? it was troll dolls singing adult songs and one of them was Achy this Breakyard, sounds like a nightmare <laughs>
5: It was kind of a nightmare. Yeah, talk about, like, cutting the wires on stuff. I'm amazed your parents <laughs> didn't smash that CD. Yeah, first,
4: yeah, so they just crashed the car to get rid of Ecky Bradyard Yard as sung by trolls.
5: Did they have, like, normal pitched voices, or were they trying to be trolls? Like the chipmunks. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, exactly was, what I was thinking.
4: It kind of was like the chipmunks. Oh, no. They don't tell my heart, ah! like they're trying to be crunchy <laughs> trolls. So creepy. Like hillbilly trolls. Uh <laughs> Somebody needs to. I, I, we got someone to track down the Survivor Wii game from last week. Hopefully, someone can find, I don't know, Trolls Sing the Hits or whatever thing my parents let, made me listen to when I was a Did kid. Did the trolls have mullets? Uh, I, I don't, man, they have the hair for it. They can pull <laughs> totally it off, just slick <laughs> it back, right? It could be a mullet.
5: Oh my goodness. That is ridiculous.
4: <laughs> so, question of the week for next week. In honor of the surprise that came during Know It Alls this past week. What Survivor contestant would you want to randomly show up at your house?
5: <laughs> I'm so excited for the answers to this one.
4: Now, Nicole, I don't want to spoil information on the 5 for 5 too much for this next week, but can you give a bit of background from your perspective as to, for lack of a better term, how Caitlin came into the house and, and, and came into the podcast? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was just at my house, minding my own business, trying to put my kids to sleep, and I get a test, text message from... Caitlin's saying she's like I'm down the street can I stop by I was like okay and then um, she's like yeah I want to be on the podcast you think that'll be cool I'm like okay and um, like literally that, I'm just like okay and I'm like just come right in the door's open and, and, and like 30 seconds later she's like at our house
5: oh my goodness she was, was like just okay just waiting <laughs>
1: Yeah. so then she just went upstairs and I uh, went upstairs with my husband surprised him and um, here we are
5: i was gonna
4: say i mean if you were looking out your window earlier there was probably a 75 percent chance that caitlin would be out there and would be your noun
1: i saw her again at, i was walking down the street with my kids and i see her uh she was at one of the stores on where we were and i hear hey and i like, like and I like, jumped up like a heart attack and i was like what oh, what's going on and i see caitlin
5: <laughs> she uh oh man we need to create a rule okay we're changing the rule no <laughs> it definitely has to be like don't show up randomly
1: <laughs> I, i'm always on edge as it is so yeah. she's she was so sweet she's like she's like the nicest person in the world so when i saw her um as i was walking down the street and she scared me i was like oh my god it's caitlin and i gave her a big hug she's she's just she's really sweet
4: so is this your edge of extinction that she keeps you on edge that caitlin <laughs> might just show up at any time
1: yeah yeah i'm just uh i'm just always on edge or that anybody's gonna show <laughs> up you know you never you're, you're, know <laughs> Like last year, You're just covered
4: in the tarp. You get a note that's like, reminder, Caitlin Herman might show up at any point in time.
1: <laughs> remember last year at Easter, we had um, the Easter bunny show up on our doorstep and scare us.
4: <laughs> was this a man in a costume? I can't remember No, this it was
1: um, Steve and Simone played a trick on us. It was April Fool's oh, Day, yeah. and then they, um, they put an Easter bunny, a creepy looking Easter bunny on our doorstep with uh candy and then just disappeared um and we didn't know we didn't know what it was but my kids were so they they were obsessed with this easter bunny we we're like don't eat the candy
5: oh my gosh that is so terrifying <laughs>
4: yeah. imagine if the Magic bunny started playing guggdom style that'd be even worse oh my god
1: don't, don't give people ideas
4: <laughs> oh <Opa> but easter style <laughs> no there's some unfortunate parody so we'll go over these answers to who you want to be your fun visitor from the survivor community next week with our guest, we are welcoming in, uh, I guess, commuter of all things Alexa and robot himself, Taryn Armstrong, will be coming in to talk about episode four of Survivor, Edge of Extinction. You can always tweet this to us using hashtag RHAPBNB. You can also email it to us, RHAPBNB at gmail.com. You can uh, post it on website.com. You can post it in the Facebook group. We have a bunch of ways we can see this. Our eyes are everywhere. Uh, pervert balloons in the sky, watching you answer these things, and we are always so happy with you guys, your guys creativity in sending these things to us, and thank you so much. And Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and subjecting yourself to all this nonsense over the past hour and a half. This was delightful. Do
5: I get the pervert balloon award? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's an this award be, you want to win.
4: There'll be an award that will put like a piece of piece of black tape over. That's it's the. The RK (laughs) award for Pervert Balloon goes to.
5: Nope.
4: (laughs) It's the only award that gets, most of it is redacted (laughs) and and censored (laughs) out. Well, Nicole, if people want to get more of you, especially with your other half in Rob, you do a weekly podcast called The Five for Five, which is accessible for the patrons of RHAP. For those that are not in the know, can you describe a bit as to what that is?
1: So it's a a weekly podcast that we do for the patrons of RHAP, where you get to hear me every week talk nonsense and crazy stories and just like ridiculousness. But it's really fun, and it's one of my favorite things to do every week.
4: Yeah, I I really enjoy it as well. It's a fun opportunity to talk about you know, Rob gives his and Nicole's reactions to some of the stuff that happens behind the scenes on the podcast, stuff that's going on in the news. It's a nice, you know, uh, take on a, a tried and true tradition of RHAP that has transformed much like the worm segment into the hustle <laughs> into the nay nay. You're now in the nay nay phase of the five for five. Yes,
1: and sometimes Rob learns new stories about me on on, on live on <laughs> on the show. <laughs> stories he's never heard before.
5: I I love the 5 for 5 because I feel like I'm getting the inside scoop. It makes me feel like I'm important and I get to hear you everything. You are important. <laughs>
4: oh my gosh oh, see, Leona, a little leaf came out of Liana's head with you saying that nah. <laughs> <laughs> so and Nicole, Nicole if people want to follow you on the social medias whether it be Twitter or Instagram to see all the stuff that your family is up to how can people follow you there so
1: you can follow me on Instagram um what is my name on Instagram oh, I'm just Nicole Sesternino plain and boring Nicole Sesternino and then on Twitter I am at Nicole Sess what
4: perfect Liana, what about you? What have you got working on in the hopper?
5: Yes, so uh, I am. I am taking a break from the Big Brother Canada coverage in doing the morning updates. Um, but because
4: you couldn't rap, we know. We know.
5: <laughs> um, uh, I promise I will be back for the summer for Big Brother US. But there is a lot going on because, in addition to doing the BNB, Mike and I are also doing rupaul's drag race coverage of season 11 which we just recorded um the latest episode of that which is so much fun so far i think that um there's a lot to explore with these queens and it's really enjoyable i'm all in for it um (laughs) yes oh yeah and i'm on social media also super boring at (laughs) liana boris hashtag branding nicole have you
4: have you ever been interested in, in exploring? Because I know Rob watched what one episode in a podcast that he did. Have you ever been interested in trying to, in your very busy schedule, check out RuPaul's Drag Race?
1: Yeah, actually, I have. Um, but my TV viewing time is just so limited. But that would definitely be something I would like to. I would like to get into. It just seems like a good <gasps> I mean, escape from like yes, the real world.
5: It is. Oh my gosh! And then we can bring Nicole on the cap, Mike. <laughs>
4: I I would love that. I mean, it, it's I love it. It's become very quickly one of my favorite shows on TV because it's equal parts silly and silky and like stupid while at the same time really fun and sometimes beautiful and sometimes shocking. Like there's a lot of fun stuff involved there. So make sure you're checking out our root caps all season long. You can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out uh, the Top Chef coverage we're doing as we finish off this season. I have a couple of interviews going on there with parade i'm also covering star trek discovery on post show recaps as well as for the hollywood reporter so a lot a lot of uh hands in jars going on a lot of cans to bring off the aisle as uh, i pull off my shopping dance move that's gonna do it for this week on the b this was a super fun time i hope you all enjoyed it as well be sure to let us know your thoughts feel free to send us any games or any question ideas like Heidi Marshall did. Thank you all so much as always for sending in a suggestion for the question of the week as well. We really do appreciate it. We'll be back next week with Taryn Armstrong to break down episode four of Survivor Edge of Extinction and what other stuff may come alongside it. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for ending this behind the scenes. Will from America for our theme song, Paul Osleson for being the head writer. We appreciate and adore you all. Thank you all for listening. We'll check you out at your next day.
3: Like I'm the honor, yeah, playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Like I'm the honor, yeah, playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name.